0: Now, on Wednesday night, of course, at 7, we're going to be having uh, Chris Hedges at the Sanctuary speaking about the Palestinian session. But I was able to convince uh, one of our attendees and board member here at the uh, Sanctuary, uh, Eleanor Stein, to uh, come in and share some thoughts about some of the things Mm -hmm. she's working on with Palestine. And uh, our First Amendment rights to boycott is under attack. She's handing out some postcards. So, Eleanor, what are you up to?
1: Well, I'm here tonight to hear Chris Hedges. And, you know, I tried to hear the speaker, uh, Miko Paled, at the Bethlehem Library last night. I couldn't get in. And uh, the reason I couldn't get in is that uh, a pro Zionist uh, faction of the local Jewish community and others had uh, expressed their disagreement with him speak- speaking and tried to convince the library management to close out the meeting before it happened on Monday night. And the, so the meeting was really very um, contentious, and there were people from all points of view uh, inside and outside, and tempers were running high. And I want to give credit to the sanctuary for providing a place for Chris Hedges to be heard. He's a well-known reporter, former New York Times award-winning journalist, who's been a, a, a um, an advocate for Palestinian rights for many, many years, and, and speaks very Uh, in a well-informed and poignant manner about genocide against the Palestinian people.
0: Now, now the speaker last night, uh, actually, I believe his grandfather, signed a Declaration of Independence for Israel. Uh, His father was a general during, I guess, the old uh, seven-day war uh, and uh, resigned his position because of uh, concerns that some war crimes were not being investigated uh, by Israel. Uh, And, in fact, the speaker himself like most, I guess, Israelis did serve in the Israeli military. Um, and it was a pretty nasty meeting, apparently, Monday night, and to their credit, the Bethlehem board did stand up. Now, you're out there in the hallway. You know, what What was people's reactions to his talk last night?
1: Uh, you couldn't really tell from outside. You couldn't hear, and, and I left before it was over. But I will tell you, um, it reminded me of something I remember very vividly, and I'm old enough to remember this, uh, in April 1967, Martin Luther King made a decision to come forward and make a speech against the Vietnam War for the first time.
0: That was down at uh, Riverside Church? At
1: Riverside Church on April 4, 1967, exactly one year before he was assassinated to the day. And the reason he was at Riverside Church is that he had tried to get a venue to make that speech and had been refused and barred from five different venues. And finally, Riverside Church stepped up and said, we will be your sanctuary. And so this morning, I pulled out his speech to read it. And I just want to mention, this is the speech famous for the line, uh, time comes when silence is betrayal. And he's talking in relation to the Vietnam War. And he uh, ca- catalogs the atrocities that the US military is responsible for in Vietnam and the and the terrible um, Uh, Effects on U.S. military personnel of serving in Vietnam and being forced to, uh, you know, to do, you know, kill. In the end, end, almost two million people, Vietnamese people, were killed in that war. And he said um, he had just been spending a lot of time uh, preaching to people in in Harlem and other black communities, and saying, uh, preaching nonviolence to young, angry young black people. And he says in this speech, I could never again raise my voice against the violence of the oppressed in the ghetto, without having first spoken clearly to the greatest purveyor of violence in the world today, my own government. And you know that's I'm standing up uh, for Palestinian rights for a couple of reasons. One is, um, uh, as a as a Jew, I believe that uh, that uh, Zionism is you know, carrying out uh, apartheid strategies. I am opponent of the Israeli government and of its policies and have been for years. Um, and uh, even though I think that uh, both sides have been have violated the laws of war, we're in a situation that is so disproportionate with 1,200 Israelis having been killed in the events of October 7th, and the numbers of Palestinian deaths are now fifteen, sixteen thousand. 16,000. And some of the speakers at the library said, uh, well, that's just a Hamas number. How do you, why do you believe that? But nobody has ever uh, challenged that number except in that kind of fake way. So I think it is, our, uh, it is uh, the time has come when silence is betrayal. And I'm very happy to say that there's been a tremendous uprising of people around the United States, students, all you know, people of every age in every town, every part of the country and all over the world coming out by the tens of thousands and more to oppose uh, the Israeli attack on Gaza and to call for a ceasefire. And I think we're also calling for an end to the financing by our government of the the military in Israel. And I think those two things have to go hand in hand and I think that's really our obligation. And these days remind me of our days in the Vietnam years.
0: Well, I remember when I ran for Congress um, back in 1982, I uh, participated in the protests against the Israeli invasion of um, of Lebanon, a- a- and the blowback was incredibly intense. Um, and you know, today there is so much more support, especially among young people, but also a lot of groups like Jews, Jewish Voice of Peace, uh, about the Palestinians. But you don't get the sense that our elected officials, from Governor Hochul to the President Biden, have have grasp that they need to take a more even-handed approach how do we how do we move both parties on this issue
1: i think that's a great question and i think that's what our obligation is to move our own government and i think both governor hochel and the biden administration have been incredibly tone deaf and really probably not even realizing what their actions have meant in terms of our isolation globally the united states some western european countries had that's about it, have been supporting Israel, you know, unqualifiedly. And uh, the rest of the world is really standing against us and looking at us, you know, with dismay.
0: Well, I was actually surprised to read uh, in the Washington Post, apparently several hundred uh, Department of State officials, uh, and they're allowed to do this, Uh, have actually came out in opposition to what the Biden administration was doing in Israel, saying you are destroying our reputation in the rest of the world. And you claim you're arguing behind the scenes for a more even-handed approach, but that's not what you're doing uh, publicly. But you were handing out some, about two minutes we have left, our First Amendment right to boycott is under attack, the right to boycott, which is a five-minute video, bit.ly slash right to boycott. What's that about?
1: Well, um, you know, boycotting Israeli products, um, divesting investments in Israeli companies, and sanctioning the state of Israel for the work for its uh, genocidal politics has been a longtime movement in this country, and it's had quite a lot of success, especially on college campuses. But there have been a spate of states who have passed uh, very draconian laws uh, saying that uh, boycotting Israel is you not legal, and that any entity or anyone who works for an entity that takes that position uh, cannot receive state state funding in any form. So, Well, New York
0: was considering that. New that.
1: York was considering it. New York legislature, uh, fortunately, has never approved a measure like that. But Governor Cuomo did issue an executive order to that effect, and Governor Hochul has adopted that executive order. And that's one of the things that we're going to be— you know, raising our voices about right now. I'll never forget the picture of her, literally wrapping herself in an, an Israeli flag, uh, right after October 7th. And while I appreciate the pain and the the fear and the fearing feelings, uh, you know, of, of 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 empathy for the victims of the events of October 7th, supporting the Israeli government without qualification and arming them with b- uh, bunker busters and massive amounts of arm arm armaments is really not conduct that we can tolerate in our government.
0: Well, thank you very much. Uh, We've been talking with Eleanor Stein, one of the board members here at the Media Sanctuary.